This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money Podcast with Andy Hill, session number nine. want to have your best marriage, an excellent relationship with your kids, and you want to win with money, you're in the right place. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we have our very first couple on the show, Claudia and Garrett Pennington. Now, these two have an excellent story. After years of paying large utility bills, repairing broken appliances, and landscaping their yard, the Penningtons decided enough is enough. They told the Joneses that they weren't keeping up with them anymore. They sold their large home and downsized to a 500-square-foot tiny home. With the decrease in the size of their home, these minimalists have also decreased the stress on their lives that comes with too much stuff. After I finished this interview, I was so inspired to reduce the amount of my stuff that I went into my closet and easily picked out 30 items of clothes to donate to Goodwill. Last month, the Penningtons had another major milestone in their lives. The mortgage for this tiny home is now completely paid off. Join me now to hear the Pennington story and how minimalism can help your life. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Garrett Pennington and Claudia Pennington to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast today. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you both for joining. Um, maybe you guys could tell us a little bit about who you are and a little bit about this cool site, Two Cup House. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Um, so we're a couple of personal finance minimalists, aspi- I guess, aspirant minimalist bloggers um, from Pennsylvania, and we've been journaling online via our blog, twocuphouse.com, about downsizing from the 1,500-square-foot house we lived in in 2015 um, to the 500-square-foot house we live in today, and ultimately um, the journey that we're on to travel the United States in a tiny house. So we've been writing there for almost a couple of years now and making progress on the debt along the way, which um, happens to be one of the milestones that we hit recently. You guys, uh, you use the word minimalist. I like it. Uh, can you tell us why you want to be minimalist or why that resonates with you as a, as a married couple? Well, actually, it was something we were just talking about yeah, a couple of days ago, I think, that the, the essence of minimalism is focusing on that which is most important to you and eliminating all the stuff that isn't important. And actually you had talked about this, about, about the stuff portion. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, I always had hobbies and I maybe have 10 hobbies, but I wouldn't work on any one of them and truly appreciate that hobby. So I just accumulated all these different things that were going to be a list of stuff I wanted to do in the future and realize that this is kind of ridiculous. Why don't I just focus on, say, one hobby and do that well and get the full enjoyment out of that and not clutter all of our surroundings with stuff that's not being used? What is the single hobby that you're focusing on, Garrett, now that like that make, gives you the most joy out of out of all those 10 or 15 that you're trying to eliminate? <laughs> well, well, it's funny. It's um, Now, since we've freed up a lot of time uh, downsizing, um, we have extra time to do 
go hiking, kayaking. Really, we, we look for action verbs. So kayaking, camping, hiking. Um, and we also, I think, have the itch to continue building various online businesses. So we have a couple in the works um, that will probably start um, probably early 2017. Very cool. Let's let's get back to this uh, minimalism, minimalist life you guys are living. So you went from a 1,500 square foot home to a now 500 square foot home. Is that correct? That's it. 536 if you include the porch. 536. So. Well, let's let's include it. Yeah. Let's do that. 536. <laughs> so what's been the biggest upside to you in this change that you've made? The the greatest, well, there there are, for me, I think the greatest is the financial side of things. I think for me knowing that we live here debt-free now, um except for the student loans that we're paying off um in early 2017 that we actually live in, in a home that we own versus paying the bank for the privilege of living here. And that that security gave me the confidence that I needed to be able to leave my full-time job in favor of um, what Garrett mentioned, just, um, focusing on the business side of things. So I get to spend my days doing more of the things that I want to do and in the security of a home that we own. So being minimalist or, or, or having minimalist aspirations had meant that we have greater security now in our lives. The financial positives of it, uh, more security. And then, Garrett, you were speaking a little bit about um, having more focus, I guess, in, in, in the activities that you're having. Has that, has that been a change since you've gone from the 1500 to the 500? Obviously, you've got to get rid of some stuff. So how, is, how has that gone? Uh, absolutely. I mean, what we found is uh, our big house, we always called it, was had a lot of maintenance. You know, a lot of rooms that we were cleaning, two bathrooms, two bedrooms. We were only using, you know, one of each. Um, we had a yard that would take us an hour and 45 minutes to mow. You know, things, it, it was a, a older house so it always was in construction probably for the six years that we uh owned it so all that went away when we went to the 5,000 or the 500 square feet house um now our lawn takes six minutes to mow you know cleaning we could have wrapped up in you know 15 minutes so it's it's allowed us to have a huge amount of time that we weren't really aware that of you know, that that was available. So it's really allowed us to get out and enjoy the hobbies. I think we've gone to more parks this year than we have in the last six years, just because we have the time now. Because your home is smaller or you don't have as many, you know, rooms to mess up or things to do, it probably forces you to get out of the house more. And it sounds like you guys are outdoorsy folks. So that's probably exactly what you're looking for. We, we are, well, we always aspired to be in the big house. So we would take vacations at national parks, things like that, like with the two or three weeks that we had off each year. But we didn't use the local parks near us. Every weekend it was running errands, fixing the house, you know, doing just the regular 1,500 square foot house stuff that we did before. And now we really get to 
live that outdoorsy lifestyle that you're talking about that we always imagined ourselves doing, we're, we're doing it now. We're really taking advantage of it. I had some similar conversations with my wife when, and it wasn't 536 square feet, but I was living in my bachelor pad. It was about a thousand square feet, bungalow, and I thought that was fine. I, 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 I could live in a cardboard box, to be honest with you, but my <laughs> wife wanted a little bit more space. We did have a couple kids, so we had to expand a little bit. I'm thinking of her right now when I ask this question. What downs? What downsides might might be in in, in going from a 1,500 square foot home to a 500 square foot home? And if you don't have any, that's okay too. I'm just just wondering. I think that well, the downsides. Well, the outside is a lot closer to us now, so there aren't a lot of rooms dampening noise from the exterior, and because we live in an what you might call an urban area now. We live very close to our neighbors. You hear the outside a little bit more than we had than we had in the big house. So that it would, if I had to pick a downside, that would be the worst. But most of the time, I'm playing music or listening to podcasts, and I really don't notice that. I think uh, cooking as well is something when we when we turn the oven on, especially in the summer, the house can get really warm. Um, just because oh, yeah. you know, oh, there's yeah. not many square feet <laughs> to dissipate the heat. So, but then the positive of that is if you need to, you know, you need to get the house warm or cool, uh, wherever, depending on the time of year, that probably happens real quick, right? It, absolutely. That we tend <laughs> to uh, plan our diet around the seasons now. And, well, there you uh, go. Turn on the oven in the winter. <laughs> Very nice. Very cool. So. As I was talking about with my wife, uh, sometimes we have disagreements, sometimes we agree on things. Where were you guys uh, when this plan came to fruition? Who, who, was, who was pushing for this more uh, on, on one spouse's side versus the other? All right. Uh, well, it's funny, but Garrett's been talking about living in a tiny house for years, and I thought he was t- totally crazy. I thought, there's no way that people like really do this. There's... I didn't even research it. I just dismissed the idea. I wasn't so supportive of it. And um, then one day, I just, lots of different things have happened to us in the last um, several years that kind of changed my perspective on life and stuff and what we wanted to be doing with our time. And I said, all right, let's do it. Let's downsize. And so Garrett was definitely the one who's been talking about it. A lot more, and it took me. It took a while for him to get me on board. And I think we had uh, reached like a breaking point too. That kind of um, was a catalyst to to making the decision. You know, seeing all of, tracking all of our debt and seeing the amount that was there, and that we were going to have you know twenty five more years of paying off a mortgage. Um, 25 more years of big house life where we weren't yeah. doing the kinds of things that we really wanted to yeah. be doing. And, you know, hopefully those would be 25 healthy years, but life, I don't know, has a way of throwing curveballs at you. And yeah. And I, I don't think that if, if both of us didn't get to that point at the same time, you know, it, it would not be possible to do this. I think it would have been a struggle. You had found this plot of land, correct? And then you guys built the home, or is it a what type of situation was when you when you when you I guess went into building the home? How did that work? Well, we had initial plans. Um, Garrett had drawn up 
for, I think it was about a 300 square foot house intending to be stick built. So somebody actually, a builder comes out and actually builds a house, um, you know, on a plot of land to be a permanent dwelling. That was our initial project. And we ran into a lot of building code issues. So we learned that you can only have, you can have to have houses of certain sizes and they, and which we had never, we never even anticipated. Um, there were just a lot of regulations, a lot of hoops that we would have had to jump through in order to make that a reality. And so on top of that, the expense of building a smaller house goes up significantly per square foot. So it's going to cost more to build a small house than it was to just pay off the mortgage of the big house. Hmm. So we we abandoned the whole plan and instead completely ran in a different direction. So I was doing some random Googling like you do. And I found myself looking up really cheap plots of land. This, the something that was in a place that didn't have quite so many restrictions, a little bit more flexibility in terms of the dwelling size and things like that, that we can have. And I, and I found this, this plot of land that we live on right now, we ended up paying $3,500 for it. Nice. And we decided on ultimately based because the goal is to pay off our debt, not increase it. We decided to go crazy different route on the house side of things too and we um elected to go the manufactured house route so we have a manufactured home dealer in this area and commissioned them to build us the smallest house that they had that's great (laughs) great. so by doing that the total cost the original the big house originally was i think one hundred eighty nine thousand, and this house with all the land and improvements and hooking up utilities and the house itself all in was 69,000. So we were able to cut our debt significantly. That's great. Are you guys uh, a unique home in that area? Are there other small homes? How how does that, how does that fit in there? And it's, it's okay to be unique. (laughs) Yeah, I I would say we're, we're definitely unique. We, if you say, Hey, we live in the small house going down the road. You know, people would definitely find us. Um, <laughs> That's great. So, majority of the houses here are are two or three stories um, around us. Um, so, and they're large brick houses, kind of um, row home style. Mm-hmm. So, yours is a, I guess, a single story ranch uh, style. Is that right? C- correct. Okay. It's um, what we'd done. Our our lot was. Um, real skinny. It was 28 feet wide and 107 feet long. And um, part of the requirements for our borough was uh, we had to have a front porch or we had to have a a front door facing the street. So what we had done was went to the manufacturer home um, dealer and had it custom built so that we had a six foot porch on the front with the door. And it was more of like a, a shotgun style where you come in the living room, kitchen area, walk through a small hallway, have a bathroom, and then finally the, the bedroom at the end of the house. I know uh, people are probably using their imaginations right now as they're listening to this. I'll make sure to put uh, photos from your website in the show notes so people can get a good visual. It sounds like since it's long and skinny, though, you guys might have a decent backyard then? or um, Well, we, we do have... Um, driveway in the back for two cars oh, and nice. then yard wise it's probably 
you know, 28 by 20. And then we have um, a length alongside the house that's probably 14 by uh, 50. Yeah, it's not a huge yard, but... Uh, it's, a, it's a big enough, I think, for a garden next year. So yeah. it's something we're exploring. I might do a raised bed or something back there. So still enough room for that. We realized our yard is is all the parks around us as well, and I don't have to mow that lawn. Sam, so you guys can do the garden, live off the uh, live off the land a little bit. And you could probably cut that lawn with a nice pair of scissors, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> For six generations, the Jones family has been providing high quality meats, and now we're providing treats for the best member of your family, man's best friend, aka the goodest boys and girls. Jones Natural Shoes makes bones and treats that are sure to be savored by your dog and are made from the best natural ingredients available. Our flavorful chews are made from natural animal parts and will have your puppy drooling with happiness. From treats like sticks and chews to savory bones and patties, we've got you covered for finding the perfect reward for that special pup in your life. Jones Natural Chews come in all sizes, so make sure to choose the right treat for your pup. And remember, it's important to be supervising your pup when they're enjoying their treats to keep your puppy safe. Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you. Or visit jonesnaturalchews.com to get started with our store locator tool. That's Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you. Well, cool. So... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you guys mentioned earlier uh, that you paid off your mortgage. Congratulations. That's great news. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's got to be uh, very relieving, especially after having gone through the uh, the build process, finding the plot of land. And then it sounds like it all happened within uh, almost a year or more. Or how long did it take to pay off the mortgage once you got the house? Uh, 13 months. Wow. That's great. I um, Before we were you know, jumping on the recording, I mentioned that I have aspirations of doing the same thing, paying off our mortgage. Um, so what what triggered you guys to want to get rid of this mortgage as, as quick as possible? You mentioned a little earlier about just the the ability to do what you want when you want and then have the uh, the ability to kind of uh, look into your entrepreneurial goals. But um, what was the what was the impetus of of getting rid of this mortgage? There, I think there were actually several reasons probably they could point to. There were some changes um, in our life, like with health, with respect to health. Um, both of us have had some health challenges in the in the recent years that we weren't sure were going to be impact whether or not they were going to impact us in the long run. Um, and fortunately, we're doing well health wise now, so we were concerned that we were going to be saddled with debt and never really kind of get out to live our lives and go hike and do the things that we really want to do because we are both saddled with that and struggling with our health. So um, part of it is kind of an insurance plan. So if something does happen to us later, there's a house that is accessible in terms of, in terms of you call it age in place. And so we have a home that if something happened or as we age, we have a home that we can come back to that's accessible. um, So, it's a kind of an insurance plan for us. And there are just, there are, there's a a freedom now that I feel when it comes to using our time, using our money that I didn't really feel before. I always felt like we were tied to something. We're tied to debt. Mm -hmm. Now I feel like we own this house. And I mentioned 
recently when I had written about the experience that maybe we would house swap with somebody. You know, we have this house that's totally paid off. Now we can go travel the world and, and maybe we can swap houses with somebody and spend a, a month in another country and, and do all these things that didn't seem possible before we paid off our mortgage. You wrote um, an article on Two Cup House about, uh, I think it was called, uh, let's see, six strategies you can use to pay off your mortgage early. I think a lot of people listening would love to hear what those six strategies are. Do you guys, uh, can you walk us through some of those at a high level? Absolutely, yeah. Um, The top strategy, obviously, that, that we tried, it's not really a strategy to pay off somebody's current house. The strategy that we used was to sell our house, um, but we had already moved into, we had already plan, had plans to move into the small house. So downsizing, I think for us is a great strategy. Recognizing that we only use half of the space in the big house, that immediately, it made sense we were putting the house on the market right away. But we, what we did you know, what we realized with the big house was there with all the wasted space that we were using, you know, we might as well not be paying for that. So by taking that away, by selling the house and downsizing, we, we didn't change how we lived as far as, you know, oh, it's an inconvenience now because we have less rooms. We had empty rooms in, in the house that we didn't really even go into. And now by downsizing, we are using our space more efficiently, all of our space. Yeah, so it makes yeah, so you it may- uh, realize what space you actually need in a home when you're uh, living in a 536-square-foot home. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yeah, so if there's unused space in a house and you, you have the ability to downsize. You know, if your kids have left home, maybe there's an opportunity to – that was a cat. Oh, I love all cats. Right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You can hold him up and show him on screen if you'd like. <laughs> if he comes back, I think we might. He's uh, he uh, is struggling today. Uh, so that yeah, if if I, I say downsize it if possible, um, it's not really a strategy. It's a half strategy maybe. Um, and that the second strategy that could apply to somebody's current mortgage um, that actually was suggested by Andrew Daniels, who's another personal finance blogger. He had written in his post about how when he was paying off his mortgage, he had switched to biweekly payments, and that helped cut years off of his interest. So if somebody wants to stay in their current house and is able to switch to biweekly payments, um, he said that you were able to save, shave six years off of a 30-year mortgage, and that, that was huge. Um, The next strategy that um, we had come across was refinancing for a shorter term. So this is one of the things that we debated when we were still in the big house and and deciding whether or not we were going to stick around um, and pay off the big house mortgage and and live in that. Um, And we were looking at refinancing our 30-year into a 15-year mortgage. Um, So our payments were to have been 50% higher, and at that time, Budget-wise, it was a little bit of a it would have been a little bit of a stretch for us, but obviously we would have um, we would be, have been ten years from payoff versus I think we were at like twenty twenty seven years from payoff oh, at no. that time. 
So when we went, when we downsized, we also went from a 30 year mortgage to a 15 year mortgage. So, you know, that was an opportunity for us to, to pull that back. Yeah, the 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 nice the nice benefit that we found when we elected to take on a 15-year mortgage for this for the small house that we live in is that they offered a lower interest rate. So even though we knew we were going to pay it off pretty quickly, we still wanted to save a few dollars where we could. Then pay extra. Pay extra is is certainly the strategy that we put to use. Now, I guess from the feedback that I've uh, received from some others, not everybody has the opportunity to pay extra on a mortgage necessarily, or they hadn't always. Um, this is kind of something new to me since this is I'm not um, super familiar with all of the ins and outs of the mortgage loans prior to the financial crisis versus today, but we had the opportunity to make extra principal payments every single month. So we were, when we received our mortgage statement in the mail, our regular payment was being deducted from our checking account, but there was a little line on it that said principal payment. And so we just applied every every dollar we could, every dollar. So as we were selling our stuff, we would put that money towards a mortgage. I mean, as we were side hustling, we put that money towards a mortgage. We, we budgeted the bare bones budget. We put every dollar we could towards the principal. So that's that's what made the biggest difference for us in being able to pay off the small house mortgage. Excellent. Um, a couple of other the suggestions that I had, put your house to work. So if there's an extra room or two, we had an extra room in our house. Um, but again, with the combination of this extra space that we weren't using, we elected not to try this strategy. But others who write in personal finance talk about renting their homes through Airbnb for a weekend, so it, enough to be able to pay their mortgage, you know, some principal, um, some money towards the principal for the mortgage, renting a room, you know, on a monthly or annual basis to somebody who needs a place to stay but doesn't need an entire house. So there are a couple of other suggestions like renting your driveway apparently is a thing in cities that I didn't even know about. And another suggestion that I found was looking at adding solar panels and see if they're tax credits and other incentives to put your house to work. Yeah, kind of get creative and, and figure out a way to get some side income on the assets that you have. And the last strategy, the one that allowed us to be able to pay all, pay all this extra money towards the principal was side hustling. So um, this, we had done nights and weekends. Um, I'm a digital marketing consultant, so I picked up a client, and we did work for this client every week, every weekend. We just worked with her as much as we could as, and used all that money that we made on the side um, to apply to our principal. So side hustling um, was and continues to be one of the strategies that we use to crush our mortgage really quickly. This is a little tactical, but as I'm getting close to paying this mortgage off, I understand it's not just as, as easy as just sending in the last check, right? They make you jump through a bunch of hoops, right? Yeah, so I did not know these things uh, that that uh, I may, maybe are written in some mortgage document somewhere that we don't we don't we didn't read. I didn't I didn't know I, it until I read it on your blog. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, I thought you just sent the check in. Yeah, I so. 
at the when we attempted to to try to just mail in a personal check and pay the difference, um, the balance on the mortgage. Um, we had a conversation about just briefly, like how do we go about telling them we're we're just done? And I thought <laughs> maybe the personal check would just be sufficient enough, and so. I just to verify, I reached out to the bank and oh no, no, I needed to send in a letter even requesting a payoff amount. And then they had to generate the payoff amount and then we had to mail it in a certain time frame. Um, so we had 10 days to actually put a check in the mail and then it couldn't even be a personal check. It had to be a certified check from the bank. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the motivation is, but... Um, you know, I figured our personal checks were good enough this entire time <laughs> and clearly they weren't. So, um, but we, we worked it out in the end and, and while there was a little bit of a delay in figuring all of that process out, um, it was actually pretty quick. Once we mailed in the check, they closed the account. Um, and we, we should be, we should be getting our final letter any day now. So, so now it's been what, a couple weeks since it's been paid off or a month? It's been about three weeks now. About three weeks, so. cool. So, so how has the last three weeks been for you guys? Do you feel like you mentioned a little bit of a, a load off your shoulders? What what else? Uh, what else are you guys excited about now that you're debt free? Absolutely, like we we for me, I feel like I don't really have any stress. I don't have those those nagging thoughts. You know, when when we had at the at the peak, we had two hundred and forty thousand dollars in debt. You know we had a lot of stress in our lives associated with that. And a lot of it, we weren't, we weren't actually self-reflecting on it. You know, it was there and we were trying to avoid it. But, you know, as time went on, then that kind of helped us get through the, you know, that breaking point and we need to do something by self-reflecting and saying, I've got all this stress in my life. I'm constantly thinking about, I got to have a job because I got to pay my mortgage. I have to, you know, mow the lawn. I have to do all these things. So now I see after we paid all these things off, like I don't have those thoughts and those fears and the, the, um, worry, worry. Yeah. yeah the, worry. the worry, the worry that, you know, if something were to happen and, and we couldn't pay the mortgage, then we don't have a place to live and we don't, and it's just that it could spiral out of control pretty quickly. So paying off that mortgage means that so long as we pay our taxes anyway, um, we have a place that we can call home. So you guys have that sense of freedom that I've heard so much about. I definitely feel it. I started feeling it really this week, I think, mm -hmm. when we started looking ahead to our 2017 budget and the timeline for paying off the remaining student loan debt. Um, it really, it hit home that we had we had an extra, after taxes, we have an extra $500 a month to apply to student loans. I mean, that was that was huge. And it made, it just makes the, a world of difference. So I really felt that freedom this week, definitely. There's a couple out there listening to the show that is maybe feeling a little overwhelmed by their home and the housework. And that lawn, Garrett, man, that lawn must have gotten you bad, buddy. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, you mentioned that, that lawns at least oh, I heard it at least four times. <laughs> so the, you know the housework, the lawn, the mortgage, uh, but you're but you're giving that couple some hope. Is there any parting words of advice 
for this couple that's maybe feeling like this home is controlling their lives, whether it's with minimalism or paying off the mortgage? What do you, what do you guys think? I would say to take a deep breath first and give yourself a little bit of space to figure out what it is that's really bugging you. And apparently for Garrett, it's mowing the lawn. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know it was definitely home maintenance that that drove him crazy is the constantly fixing that stuff that broke in the house. I mean, something as, as, as big as we had to replace a roof to the small things like, I can't believe that, uh, another appliance broke and you know, we have to replace that now. So I think that giving yourself the space to figure out what it is that's causing that stress, what are you most concerned about? And maybe do a little bit of journaling, think about it for a couple of weeks, start writing down the things that those recurring thoughts were, were big for us. What are the things that we keep talking about those or thinking about those recurring um, themes relative to the house or is it the debt itself? Like, what is it? So it was, it was the self-reflection was the greatest thing that we could have done, um, at that time and realizing that it was a combination for us of health, potential health issues later in life and home maintenance that forced us to consider making some major changes in our lives. So I would say give yourself some space and some time to journal um, and self-reflect and think more on what it is that's bugging you. What is it at the core? Yeah, yeah I think self-reflection, that, that, that's the hard part of, I think, trying to eliminate debt. Um, after that, you know, we found it's a, it's a simple equation. You reduce your expenses, you try to increase your income, whether that's a side hustle or, you know, many other areas that you can, ways you can increase your income. And after that, it's, you know, I've got extra money, so I eliminate my debt and then I can put it towards investments and have those investments work for you so you have ultimately passive income um, so you don't have to work anymore. You guys are speaking my language. So uh, I, I really like this story, guys, and you guys are a ton of fun. Where can people follow you and continue uh, learning about the Two Cup House adventure? Um, I'm particularly active on Twitter, <laughs> which you can you can follow me um, if you go to our blog, twocuphouse.com. That's T-W-O. Uh, to cubhouse.com and you'll find links to our social there but you can connect directly with me on Twitter I'm usually posting something about cats so. awesome again I love cats <laughs> we have three do you want one? Oh, <laughs> uh, my wife won't let me but it's okay uh, she lets me do a lot of other fun things <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both. I really appreciate your time today, and uh, thanks again for sharing your story. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Us. Appreciate it. Now, that is a couple with purpose and vision. They have a clear picture on their life and their marriage. I think they're set on a path towards true happiness. To check out the pictures of Claudia and Garrett's tiny house and to see other links mentioned in the show, I've included them in the show notes at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session nine. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session nine. 
If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or catch up with me on Facebook at Andy Hill MKM. That's A-N-D-Y-H-I-L-L-M-K-M. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from the author Chuck Palahniuk, the author of Fight Club. Reject the basic assumptions of civilization, especially the importance of material possessions. That's good advice, everyone. Let's not let the things we own own us. Carpe diem. <laughs>